Hello, welcome to episode 15 of the podcast. I'm your host, you can call me Dexter. Today, we're going to talk about night shoots. Welcome to Background Noise. A little story to start with. I did some work on one of the recent Bond films. It wasn't a great deal of work, but it was interesting for one thing. We got to play a prank on the star and the producer. For those that don't know, the Bond films used to be produced by a guy called Albert Cubby Broccoli. His daughter Barbara and her stepbrother Michael G. Wilson took over when he died. Barbara is a strong, independent, powerful Hollywood producer. Michael is similar, but he's also something of a film nerd. He likes to have a role in every Bond movie. On the day, we were filming a funeral procession. Michael was standing next to Dame Judi Dench as a major MI5 dignitary mourning the bodies filing past in the hearses. The rest of us were on either side of the funeral cortege, watching it go past. That was the scene. We watched the funeral go past with suitably downtrodden faces. These men had been killed in an explosion while on active duty after all. And Dame Judy and Michael G. Wilson stood stony-faced as well. Because of where we were filming and the number of miles Dame Judy has on the clock, she tends to get bundled into a little side room between takes to keep warm. We were shooting outside. At one point when the two of them had gone inside, the first assistant director came over and addressed everyone else. He said, right, when we do the next take, once it's all good, I'm going to say, excellent, right, last take on this scene. When I say that phrase, I want you to know that when I call action again, we're going to play a prank on Dame Judy and the producer Michael. We're going to pretend like we're mourners at a Korean dictator's funeral. I want lots of moaning. I want crying. I want wailing. I want waving of hands. I want completely over-the-top reactions. Okay? So Dame Judy and Michael were called from the green room, walked over to their positions, and cameras rolled. We did a couple of takes. Then the AD came over the loudspeaker and he said, Excellent. Right. Last take on this scene, last take, and action. Well, it was like something from a foreign newsreel documentary. People were sniffling, sobbing, wailing, moaning, shaking their heads. The reaction was totally different to anything that had happened prior to that, and Dame Judy and Michael were starting to cast glances at each other. As the noise increased, more and more people got into it. If you're by yourself, you can look an idiot, but if everyone else is doing it and you're not, you're the one who still looks like the idiot. So within 30 seconds, everyone was overreacting and gesticulating, screaming, crying. It was brilliant. It took him another 30 seconds to work out what was happening. And finally, Dame Judy broke character and started laughing. Excellent. Stay tuned at the end for a story about what happens when you tell the agency you can do something that you really can't. And on to the main topic of today's podcast. You remember that episode in the last season of Game of Thrones called The Long Night? Where the Night King and his army arrived at the gates of Winterfell and the battle for survival took place. Uh, spoilers ahead. That huge battle saw the Dothraki eliminated in the beginning, the Night King raising the slain Winterfell defenders, including the dead entombed in the crypt, Jorah dying protecting Daenerys and lots of other things happening in a little over 80 minutes. Well, the one thing that sets that episode apart from a lot of the other episodes of Game of Thrones is that it was pretty much 100% shot at night. In fact, there were 55 nights of filming to create that episode, and by all accounts, they were absolutely miserable shooting nights. And today, we're looking at why that is and what you can expect when you do a night shoot. Key thing to remember about night shoots 
is something that often escapes people's attention at first. They're always outside. It's really easy for a production to film an interior scene set, say, in an office or a bedroom, and make it look like it's night time. They can hang huge dark curtains outside all the windows, or, as in the case of Holby City, they have large dark plastic filters that they slipped in front of all the windows to remove all the external light. But you can't do that if you're shooting outside. If you want it to be dark and you want to shoot outside, pretty much the only way you can do that is to actually shoot outside in the dark. Sidebar, there is another way that's used and it's called day for night. It uses heavy blue filters in the camera to replicate the darkness. If you see a lot of old westerns or spy thrillers, they'll do a lot of this and it looks bad very bad. In modern day production it's rarely used and only for the odd quick shot or two. So the general rule is that if you're shooting at night you're going to be outside which means you're going to be in nighttime temperatures. If you're filming in central Florida in the summer or California pretty much any time of the year that's probably okay but if you're filming in England, Scotland, Wales or as in Game of Thrones, Northern Ireland it will be pretty cold unless you're shooting in July or August. And they weren't shooting in July or August for Game of Thrones. They were shooting, I believe, in the midst of winter just outside Belfast. Here's why that's a problem. 55 days of shooting anything is gruelling. All shoot days are long and tedious. There's lots of hanging around followed by lots of intense action. There's lots of people rushing around doing their thing and it's all being coordinated by one person, the first AD. If you're shooting days, you'll be tired when you leave set and tired when you return. In the US, there are numerous documented examples of crew members falling asleep at the wheel when driving home after long shoot days. But if you're shooting nights, you have all the things a day shoot has to contend with, alongside two additional factors that just pile on the misery. Cold and a disrupted sleep schedule. A typical night shoot will go from 6pm until 6am. Sometimes it's earlier, sometimes it's later, but we'll go with 6 to 6. This means you're getting home at 7 or 8 in the morning and going straight to bed. You're trying to sleep for as long as possible, but you're not going to do that if it's light outside and your schedule is disrupted. So when you wake up, usually midday or 1am, you're still tired. Then you need to do whatever you need to do during the day and head back off to film and start again that evening. Your circadian rhythms will all be out of kilter and your digestion etc etc will suffer. And then there's the cold. If you're lucky the scene you're shooting is set in the cold it means you're able to wear a costume that's warm or at least a costume that's long enough to allow you to wear thermals underneath. But often the scene they're shooting is set in spring or summer. It's an industry inside joke that the colder the night the less clothing you'll be asked to wear You'll be filming a scene set on a lovely summer's eve to be exact, which means you'll be in shorts and t-shirts, or light clothes which don't offer much heat protection, and they certainly don't offer much in the way of cover to put thermals on underneath. Now that, that's not a problem for the crew, they'll all be there in the North Face or Canada Goose jackets, long trousers, thermals, gloves, hats and scarves, they'll all be off sipping craft service coffee, tea or hot chocolate, and it'll be fine for them. Of course they'll complain, but they don't really mean it. You on the other hand, will be sitting for hours out in the cold wearing something totally inappropriate for the weather. None of this is helped by the fact that despite the fact you arrive on set at the time of an evening meal, production will always serve you breakfast as the first meal of the day. Yes, you can find yourself, as I did recently, sitting in a crowd-holding area at 6.30 at night, eating a cooked English breakfast. 
very strange. Story time. When you apply to an agency to be background, there's a section in the form asking what specific skills you have. Can you juggle, ski, do Latin tango or formal dance, play a musical instrument, ride a horse, that sort of thing. It's useful for when a production company calls up and says, we're doing a scene set on an ice skating ring and we need 30 people who can skate without falling down. As a general rule of thumb, when you're completing this part of the application, you tend to just tick those boxes you can, you know, actually do. I ticked French speaking, skiing, has a pilot's license and plays golf. So far, I've had nobody come back wanting some, someone who can do that, and that's fine. But I was chatting recently with someone who ticked all the boxes. Yes, all the boxes, even though he couldn't do virtually any of the skills. His logic was, I'll say yes if asked, then try and learn stuff quickly if needed. Since then, he's been called upon to be a casino croupier and a violinist. Now, I don't know about you, but croupier seems like something you could learn the fundamentals for in a short period of time. But playing the violin? Well, it seems he went to Argos, he bought a £30 violin, he watched a few YouTube videos, and he tried to teach himself the fundamentals of the instrument. On the day of the shoot, he turned up to find a full orchestra with professional musicians, and he, he ended up playing first violin. This is the role that coordinates all the other violins in terms of ensuring they're playing in unison, upstrokes and downstrokes rather than everyone doing their own thing, and they lead the whole orchestra. He was completely out of his depth. Luckily, he didn't have to play actual music, it all came through a backing track, but he told me that the scene he was in was a full song which played with the credits rolling over it and he was visible for the whole shot. Everyone knew he was phony, but luckily he got away with it, although the rest of the musicians didn't invite him into their Facebook group afterwards. Thanks for listening. This has been Background Noise.